This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. We have an extremely exciting episode for you today, previewing the Kubota College Baseball Series, which Arkansas will face off against Oregon State on Friday, Oklahoma State on Saturday, and Michigan on Sunday. It's going to be an Arlington Globe Live field. We're making the trip. The Diamond Hawks podcast is back on the road for the fourth year in a row, and we are so excited to be going down to Arlington. And Friday night's game doesn't it doesn't get any better than that. And we're going to have some very special guests on the show today to uh, talk about the hatred for Oregon State because it is a very unique hatred that Arkansas fans and we haven't talked with some of them yet, but I'm assuming Arkansas players have for Oregon State baseball. So. We're going to talk about that. I'm Mason Choate. I have Robert Stewart along with me, as always, for the Diamond Hawks podcast. Uh, this is season four of the Diamond Hawks podcast. What is this? Episode four now? Yeah, episode four. Uh, so we're super excited that you're along with us. And uh, if you don't know, we are part of the Hogbeat podcast network. That is H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, the Rivals website covering your Arkansas Razorbacks. And uh, I might know the owner. So if you want to get a subscription... I highly encourage it. I might even be able to hook you up with a deal. So hit me up on Twitter if you if if you're interested in subscribing to Hogbeat. Um, would love to have you join us over there. And this podcast is brought to you by Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen, the only mobile sports gambling app in the state of Arkansas that you can get those double R props for Arkansas baseball. So before you leave the state this weekend, you need to get your bets in on Bet Saracen. I, I've already set my reminder on my phone to get my bets in, not on Arkansas baseball. I would never do that but on some other baseball that's going to happen this weekend. So I'm excited about that. And with all of that said, let's bring in Robert Stewart. You look fancy. You're at work. This is a little bit of a different thing, us having to record with you having a real job now. I know. It's weird, right? I never, like, I'm in an office. It's it's a it's a strange, it's, it's I'm still still getting used to it, honestly. Uh, I, I, I much prefer the, the office at the ballpark. I'm looking forward to being back there this week. Yeah, man, my office is my office is pretty nice when it's when it's at the ballpark. So I'm super excited this weekend to get down to Arlington, and uh, let's get into it. So you know, a couple of these teams, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, they've had the opportunity to go play at Globe Life in some midweeks. Both of them won high scoring games. Once again, lost a bet on Oklahoma State baseball. It's really unfortunate. I had Oklahoma State money line and uh, and also over twelve and a half runs. There were 12 total runs scored in Oklahoma State one. So devastating. Yeah. Uh, but so Oklahoma State now three and two, I believe, after winning. And then Oregon State five and oh. So you're going to play Oregon State on Friday night. We're going to have Jared Gates, former Arkansas first baseman. He was on that team, that 2018 team. And we're also going to have uh, Jax Biggers. Super excited to have Jax Biggers on as well, shortstop from that team. I mean, we're going we're gonna to be doing all the Oregon State, Arkansas talk. To be honest with you, no offense to Oklahoma State, no offense to Michigan, but let's let's take a let's take a step back and look at what storyline really matters this weekend. The twenty twenty the twenty twenty Stillwater Regional was fun, but it's not a national championship, Robert. It is it is not a national championship. And before before we move on, I want to quickly uh, step in and say that that Oklahoma State is two and two, not three and two. They've only played four games, but. that's my bad. Anyway, point stands, as you said. Uh, Oregon State's the big storyline. What a Friday night it's going to be in Arlington. Um, it's uh, 
it's it's going to be so much fun. Sorry, I got distracted at work. Um, you know, I, I'm curious to see, uh, we talk a little bit with uh, Kevin Bohannon about this later, how how this this team, this 2024 Arkansas team probably doesn't, uh, you know, like the, the players don't really grasp it, right? No, nobody was nobody was on the 2018 team. Nobody nobody felt the pain as a member of that team. Um, you know, the the coaching staff they they get it. I'm sure. You know, if if it means something to them, they'll they'll fire their guys up. But uh, you know, it's a game. They they got to go out, win a game on Friday night. Hagen Smith has got some bouncing back to do. Um, we're we're in for some really good college baseball on Friday night, and it it helps to have that storyline for sure. Yeah, and uh, we're also going to talk with Coach Kevin Bohan and Kbo. He's going to be on the show. We talked with him a little bit about, you know, just the fact that this game, you know, David Horn's not going to come out and say it, but this game has to mean more to him. You know, I don't know if he if he decides to communicate that with the players or not, but if you're Dave Van Horn, this is almost like a, a must-win, can't-lose game, to be honest with you, just just for maybe personal reasons, right? Like, you you need you need a little bit of closure maybe. <laughs> obviously right. and this is way different it's an early season tournament it's it doesn't it's not a national championship but you know you want to beat this team right and and i would i would argue that he you know rpi reasons or whatever is more relevant to 2024 is is more at the top of of his list of reasons to win said game and yet you can't ignore that he he would probably like at least a, a a drop of revenge for for what happened right yeah uh interesting that you said like it doesn't really matter to these players like it matters to these players they don't understand almost exactly what it means uh when when cody frank was talking about it sorry freaking hutch is texting me when cody frank was talking about it uh he mentioned that oregon state is a great team um you know they he, here he said oregon state may be on a different level than james madison as far as that goes, we've got to get we got to be ready to go from the first pitch. But you know, like he didn't mention the national championship. You know, that if you're if you're an Arkansas fan and you're talking Arkansas baseball, that's gonna be the first thing you mention when you hear Oregon State every time. So it that that tells me a little bit, you know, no offense to Cody Frank whatsoever. I, why would he why would he care? He wasn't here. Um, but I think now he probably I'm sure I'm sure they've all seen the clip. Let's just put it that way. It's kind of right. impossible to not see the clip if if you watch Arkansas baseball. Yeah, uh, 2019, man, all those broadcasts couldn't you just couldn't get away from it. It was yes. Uh, and speaking of which, I, I'm going to send a link to uh, Andrew Hutchinson right now so we can do our flow sports talk because I promise a flow sports rant. Uh, if you don't know, this weekend's games is going to be on Flow Sports, was it? Which I mean, like worst streaming service in the world potentially. Yes. I mean, they literally streamed Arkansas softball games this year, like early season softball games, and I get it. It's softball. I get it. But they were literally just streaming the game with no nobody on the call. <laughs> it was just it was just a live stream. It's like they set up a camera, like the freaking uh I don't know if you remember this in high school, but like they always had a kid that would set up an iPad in like the top of the in, in the top of the press box for football or the top of the basketball arena for basketball, and they were just filming the entire game on the iPad, wouldn't touch it, would leave it there the whole time. That was Flow Sports for that Arkansas softball game. Maybe it was like an invitation for up-and-coming broadcasters to to do their own play-by-play. I don't know. 
Uh, what it should be is an invitation for Flow Sports to get sued because they're probably not fulfilling their contractual ob- obligations of having somebody on the call. I mean, that's that look, that's disrespectful to the players almost. Like Arkansas it's, that's, is breaking in, in, in its home runs, and all you can hear is some some cheers in the crowd. It is a little bit disrespectful, honestly. That's Bush League. But you know, you have to you then you have to be like, okay, well, let me be thankful that this game's at least streaming and I can watch it. But then you're like, okay, well, if I'm gonna be watching it and putting effort into looking at the screen, like let's let's put out a good product. You know, am I am I being too much of a first world problem guy? Uh I mean, what what else are we here to do? We're we're yapping about baseball for an hour twice a week. So yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, but here's my thing. So I was gonna go on this big long rant about why uh this game being on Flow Sports is awful because it's a top ten showdown, Arkansas, Oregon State. All right, I'm gonna let Hutchins before I start because I haven't really gotten into it yet. Okay. Uh, okay, we got Hutch in on the show. He's connecting to audio. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, so the AT&T stuff is happening, so he couldn't call. Uh, Hutch, you joined at the perfect time because I was about to start my talk about Flow Sports. <laughs> so um, I wanted to go on this big, long rant about why this Arkansas-Oregon State game being on Flow Sports is horrible, and it's just not good. It's a top-10 baseball game. It's, it's awful. Flow Sports is terrible, but – then I thought, you know, does Flow Sports even have the rights to play in any replays from that national championship series? Is there like a statute of limitations on on reviews for ESPN to where the copyright runs out? I don't know. Like maybe it's better that it's on Flow Sports so you don't have to see it. That's a great point. I honestly hadn't even thought about that, uh, but you're probably right. I bet they don't have the rights. And, you know, I know Flow Sports is very uh, – particular with people using their highlights so uh, i would imagine they're up to date on all those <laughs> all those policies and stuff so they'll, they'll probably talk about it and they'll probably have a little graphic and you know they'll talk and you know it'll it'll come up in the conversation during the game arkansas fans need to just kind of accept that fate but uh i don't think they could show the replay unless they specifically got permission from espn can you imagine going to ESPN and being like, hey, we got just one play. That's it. All we need is one play to show on the replay. And uh, ESPN is going to be like, for what game? Arkansas, Oregon State? Okay, we know exactly what you want. We played that a thousand times. That's <laughs> so I, But for real, probably better for Arkansas fans that this game is on Flow Sports because you can't see the replay. But, yeah, they're going to talk about it for sure. Well, and then what about yeah. the rest of the weekend? Like you get through Friday and then you still got two more games. Yeah, but, I mean, like, the Michigan game doesn't matter. We're going to be there anyways. And then the Oklahoma State game, you know, they started one and two, so it's not as exciting. Right, Hutch? Yeah, and, I mean, you know, it would be nice to be able to see replays of the 2022 Stillwater Regional, but we're probably not going to get to see that. We won't get to see Jalen Battle's home run and uh, all the, the good highlights either. And uh, But, yeah, it, it's it should be a good weekend, you know. But, yeah, the, the Oregon State game is getting all the attention, understandably so. Um, Hush, anyways, Hush, I, I assume you've looked into this recently. How much, how much is Flow Sports charging per month these days? I think it, it's still $30. I honestly haven't looked yet. I'm hoping to be able to use the same loophole that we were able to use. Uh, I can't remember if it was the last, last year for this event, or maybe it was for the, uh, the foreign tour for the basketball team. That's what uh, you can get, 
you could go through like the the Colonial Athletic Association or something and get it for a, a significantly discounted price. So uh, I I will be looking into that and I will probably be writing about it so fans can uh, avoid having to pay full price for a a ridiculous service like this. Okay. Well, when you write about the the broadcast not showing the pop the pop fly wall, um, just put that's per Mason Chote. Okay. <laughs> I, I will I will give this podcast all the credit in the world. Okay. All right, Hutch. We appreciate you. You can you can hop off now and we're gonna continue to talk. <laughs> all right. Talk all to y'all right. later. See Thanks, Hutch. Okay. Um, you know, that was good. Good stuff. Always good to have Hutch on. Knocked out the flow sports thing. Not it look, I'm sorry, it wasn't what everybody wanted. You wanted me to freaking go off on flow sports, but it it did not top the Missouri Tennessee rant from twenty twenty three, unfortunately. Let look, this Tennessee team's really good. So if they lose a series, I'm gonna I'm gonna get fired up. So so what you need to be rooting for as a listener of the podcast is for Arkansas or no, for Tennessee to lose a series this, this year. Do you think do you think we should plan now? Cause like I'm sure well, I would I would I would say I'm sure, but I know that the the SEC is adding teams next year. So I was gonna say, do we need to go ahead and plan a trip to Knoxville in 2025? But I'm not I'm not so sure that series will happen next year. Actually, you know, this is something you would pick up on if you were here covering the beat on the beat, grinding, doing the real work that the real men do. Uh, you would have gone to, <laughs> you would have gone to the the Swatters Club and heard from DVH that there might be two orange teams with the letter T coming to Fayetteville next year. How about that? Yeah. I mean, that I, I personally disagree with it. The, the, I mean, Texas is fine. That's, you know, they can come to a bomb. But uh, the last Tennessee-Arkansas series was played in Fayetteville, so the next one should be in Knoxville, I think. Well, well they also expanded the conference by two teams since then, and a lot has changed. They're going to change the SEC tournament format. Like, literally, I give them a little bit of grace with that one and because I get to watch Tennessee come into Baltimore. <laughs> Fair enough. Lindsey Nelson holds like 5,000 people. I know, but how much fun would it be? It would be fun. It would be fun. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yes, let's move on. Let's do uh, a couple previews for these teams, talk some statistics, some players to watch before we get to our interviews. And before we do, I want to remind you about Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen, the mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen Casino Resort and the official mobile sports gambling partner of hogbeat.com. If you download the app and place your bets, you have to do it in the state of Arkansas. But I highly, 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 highly encourage you, if you are listening to this podcast on your way down to Arlington and you haven't crossed state lines, get on there, place your bets. I don't know. I don't even know if they have the double R props up yet because we're recording this on Thursday morning. Shocker. You got to record before you post the episode. Um, Yeah, no props up yet. But I'm just going to go ahead and say take the Hudson White prop and take the Hagen Smith if there's a strikeouts one. But they always add, like, earned runs on it. So I don't know. Uh, but Hudson White, I like Hudson White and uh, Vahiva Aloy. He's going to be playing inside. It's not going to be cold. He's going to rake. Let's go with those two. Uh, I, I like it. As long as as long as White keeps being the doubles machine he is, then yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, Aloy's got four hits in his last two games. So. Yes, and one of those was a walk-off, right? Was that his first hit? Yes. Uh, that was his – yeah, so five and three. Okay, there we go. You got to count that one. That was a big one. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, yes, Bet Saracen, thank you to Bet Saracen. Download the app. Get your bets in. You have to place those before you cross state lines, so make sure you get that done. All right, let's talk about Oregon State, Robert. This team, 5-0, and powerhouse, raking. 
Yeah, and they had a big, big mid midweek win, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, was it was it Texas Tech that they played, or was that Oklahoma State? I think it was. I think it was or Oregon State who played yeah. Texas Tech and beat them ten to four. Yes. Um, nothing to sneeze at. Texas Tech always a powerhouse, right? Um, yeah, this this Oregon State team, you know, as as we mentioned later with Cabo, not the same team it was in twenty eighteen. Of course, new head coach Pat Casey didn't he retire like right after the twenty eighteen uh, season. Yeah, because this new guy started in 2019. Right. Okay. So, anyway, uh, let's let's jump right into it. Uh, you know, I hope that I won't be disproven uh, later Thursday by teams tweeting their starting rotations or whatever for the weekend. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just go off of what what we dealt with last weekend and the the Friday starter for for Oregon State. His name is Aiden May. He's a right-handed pitcher, six two, one ninety six, junior. And he had a pretty good stat line against uh, New Mexico is who they played in Arizona on Friday. Five and a third, gave up a run, walked two, struck out four. Uh, so keep an eye out for him. Uh, as far as the rest of the team goes, you know, you got a lot of you got a lot of averages that jump off the page early. They're, they're hitting 331 as a team. That's almost 100 points higher than their pitchers gave up to opponents. So uh, really good, really good ratio there to start. Dallas Macias leading the pack, uh, hitting 500, three for six. Trent Carraway, Micah McDowell, also above 450. Um, this this Oregon State team, it you know they they haven't played uh, the competition like Arkansas yet, but they can rake. That's that's what I'm seeing anyway. They they hit 14 home runs in five games, so um, gonna have to keep the ball in the yard. It was actually 14 in four games because they didn't hit a single home run against Texas Tech in the midweek. Well, that, that does make sense because Globe Life is kind of a bigger yard compared to everything else that college players are exposed to. Um, but, yeah, 14-4. and four, Nonetheless, you know, look out for the long ball, even even though it is a, a, a pretty big yard. Um, but, yeah, that's the Beavers. What I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun on Friday. Also worth noting that Oregon State has yet to play a game at home. I don't know if you mentioned that. I did not mention that. They, they were in uh, Surprise, Arizona. They were in Arizona last week, so one of the was it is it one of the uh, Cactus League MLB spring training facilities? Uh, it's it says Surprise Stadium, so I I think that's one of them. Okay, uh, yeah, no, I think you know it helps that Oregon State played uh in at Globe Life on the midweek, but I really I if you're worried about a team playing at Globe Life, Arkansas is not one of them. The reason Dave Van Horn wants to go back there every single year is because he loves to play there, so uh, not really. Worried about the fact that Oregon State played a midweek there. Just worried about the fact that Oregon State looked insanely good in the midweek, and they continue to look insanely good. And this is a really good baseball team, and you should be worried. <laughs> you right, you and really should be. Yeah, and and throwing in some pitching numbers in there too. Opponents have uh, a a ten ninety eight ERA against them. Beaver pitchers two even. So they're they're getting it done uh, on both sides for sure. Did you you mention the pitcher right? Yeah. Aiden May. Aiden May. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. who that's who I think is gonna be as well. So two two outs shy of a quality start. Okay. Uh and and you mentioned the the Thursday practice stuff. Anything that happens on Thursday at practices, go to hogbeat.com. The the plan is we're gonna have Daniel Fair there. And if Daniel Fair is not there, then we're not square. And I'm really upset. And he's I'm, Daniel Fowl. He's Daniel Fowl. That is great. Daniel Fowl if he doesn't show up. So he does not realize the weight that he has on his shoulders right now. 
All right, let's move on to Oklahoma State. We talked about that 2022 Stillwater Regional. Part of the Diamond Hawks podcast will live forever in the history of this podcast. Some moments from that that regional. I had to go. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I had to go home. That stunk. You got to stay there. And didn't you? Didn't you have a lot of hotel troubles too? Uh, yes, I. <laughs> the last. So where was I staying? I'm trying to remember. We stayed someplace that was only booked through uh, Sunday. Like the last game was Monday. Anyway, we we did not account for a game seven when we booked the 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 first hotel, and so they they the Hogs lost the 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 first round of the regional final, whatever you want to call it, when they were two and zero, Oklahoma State was two and one. So, uh, an Arkansas victory would have sent everybody home. Uh, actually, no, I think I was planning to to drive back after that game, and yet, um, they lost the game, had to get another hotel, and I checked into like two different rooms. The the uh, sheets weren't on the bed, like it was it was a nightmare. Anyway, you you said you were disappointed. That you had to leave i was kind of disappointed that i had to stay in oklahoma for another day that was the longest time to be there it was horrendous yeah. we got some great baseball out of it but boy was it a rough time i mean you can only go to eskimo joe's so often yeah and you know still water not really much to it either you know you have you have where the the ballpark is the football stadium's not that far you're right there on campus eskimo joe's like right off campus and then that's about it you know there's really nothing else I I heard some people tell me I I can't remember if it was on that trip or or soon after but some people tried to tell me that it was quite similar to Fayetteville really and I just I'm not buying it man I I actually know multiple people who went to Oklahoma State and left because there was nothing to do in Stillwater so that uh there you go Oklahoma State two and two on the year I messed that up earlier a little bit of a, a disappointing start to the season for a team that I believe was ranked. To, to begin the year, right? Were they? I don't know, 100%. I honestly don't remember. Well, anyways, they're 2-2 two and two now. Got that midweek win at Globe Life. Uh, I've got them as projected to start righty Brian Holiday. Is he related yep. to the coach? Uh, no, because he spells his name differently. The, oh, okay. the, the coach, the big leaguer, the former number one overall pick, uh, those are they, – they all have two L's in their last name. Okay. This is, this is just the one L. Uh, and yet – just because he has fewer L's in his name doesn't make him uh, doesn't make him bad. Uh, hey, he's gonna pick up one more L this weekend, Robert. He'll get that. Hey. He'll get that prestigious second L. He needs to be related to his head coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I like where you went there. All right, uh, Brian Holiday against Sam Houston State on Saturday uh, did have a quality start. They, this is a game that, that the Cowboys lost two to one. Uh, he went six innings, didn't give up any runs, walked one, struck out four, only two hits allowed, uh, and that was against twenty one batters. So, um, solid showing from from old Brian Holiday. Um, let's see what was what was the score in the first game? Do you have the box score handy? Because uh, like, I have I have their schedule pulled up. I just have to scroll to the top. It was two, seven to two, seven to two. So their first two runs they push or their excuse me first two games they pushed across a total of three runs, and then they explode on Sunday and get the win over what Abilene Christian on uh, in the midweek in Arlington, but. Um, a, a notable lack of offense in those first couple of games for the Cowboys, for sure. I'm trying to think if there's any names on this Oklahoma State team that we would remember from 2022. Um, Not from 2022, but I do recall some of the names from last year when 
these two met in Arlington. Like Aiden Miola, I remember his name. Jackson Kroll's another one. Zach Earhart, I can't remember if Lane for Forsyth was on that team. Nolan Schubart. Um, Evan O'Toole these... was the name I remember as a pitcher. Who? Evan O'Toole. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm Sure, you do remember that one. <laughs> Jansen Keisel, I can't remember if he was rumored to pitch or actually did pitch against Arkansas. That one rings a bell. Ryan Bogus, he might have been on on that 2022 team. Didn't didn't play a big role, but I, I definitely recall the name. Another um, name you would know is Logan Forsyth, who transferred in from Mississippi State. Um, Logan, I think, Logan Forsyth? Or not Logan, sorry, Lane Forsyth. Lane. I'm sorry. Not, not the former Diamond Hall. Yeah, no, not him. Lane Forsyth, yes. He's a senior. He's their shortstop. Transferred in from Mississippi State. Okay, yeah. So I didn't remember him from, from Stillwater, but I definitely recall the name. Um, yeah, these are not the same Cowboys. Not the same Marcus Brown, Rock Reggio, David Mendham, guys like that. Um, this this is this is a different team for sure, and it got off to a rough start in 2024. So we yeah. will see how they fare against Arkansas. Talk about revenge. Uh, you know, if DVH wants revenge against Oregon State, I'm sure Josh Holiday's still out for revenge for 2022. Yep, that's going to be the Saturday night game, 7 p.m. We're going to have all day to hang out, aside from the fact that Arkansas basketball plays a game against Missouri. So get excited for that. Yay. Again, the the sad guy on the bus meme. I know they I know they had a big win over Texas A&M this week, but still applies. Yep. All right, let's uh let's transition over to Michigan before we get to our interviews. Two and two Michigan lost two to Western Michigan. Honestly, probably could have lost more to Western Michigan. I think they had some close games. Uh, let's let's see here. So the first one they had to win in eleven innings. Or no, no, they lost in eleven innings. Fourteen to thirteen in the first game. Lost in 10 innings, 11 to 9 the second game. And then uh, let's see, the next the next one was seven innings. They won 9 to 4, and then they won 6 to 2. So, like, not a great first weekend for Michigan baseball. Yeah. Um, Western Michigan, I, I truly don't know much about um, the, the quality of the program, but the, the, the stat that catches my eye right away is that uh, Western Michigan batters had a better team average than – Michigan batters and their pitchers also had a better team ERA. Uh, 307 for the Broncos compared to 295 for the Wolverines last week. And the Michigan team ERA sits above seven heading into this weekend. So um, they were also in Arizona. They have not played at home yet. Uh, it's probably a little bit cold for baseball in Ann Arbor these days. So I'm, I'm sure they're enjoying the trip throughout the Southwest here. Uh, but they are going to be in for a lot better competition uh, with Arkansas. Oklahoma State, Oregon State this weekend than Western Michigan. I'm sure of that much. Yeah. I've got the projected starter is lefty Jacob Dinner. Um, now, that this one I don't feel super confident in being the starter, but also if it is him, he went seven innings, one of their better arms the first weekend. Right. Um, it is it is sort of tricky to project because their third game came Saturday as the second half of a doubleheader. As you mentioned, uh, complete game. It was it was only a seven game, seven inning game. So um, he had a pretty solid outing. And then Chase Allen is the guy who pitched on Sunday for them. Righty, he went five, I think, scoreless or or one run. Read that on on the Michigan website. So, um, yeah, the, that's that's what we got. But really, you would think after after facing perennial powerhouses and in, in the two orange OSUs, Michigan should. Uh, Will it will either be a letdown game for the Hogs after after the emotions of the first two, or 
uh, it, it should be one that, that Arkansas cruises to victory in. Well, last year, the Sunday game, they run-ruled Oklahoma State. So that was let's, – let's see if they can do something similar to that against Michigan on Sunday. Make it a quick one because we've got to drive home. Let's let's make the Sunday game a quick one. To be I know it's 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 going to be a, a grind to to turn around with all the post game uh, podcasts, and I I got to catch a flight home. I'm I'm yeah. like the Dukes last weekend. I'm flying commercial. Yeah, that's tough. That's kind of embarrassing to be quite honest with you. Yeah. All right, let's get to our interviews. Uh, before we do, I want to remind you about hogbeat.com. H a w g b e a t dot com. Visit it today. Uh, if you need any anything Arkansas athletics related, football, baseball, basketball. Visit hogbeat.com. We'll have you covered. And uh, check us out on Twitter, too. You hear that dude at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. He tells you our Twitter page. So listen to him late in the show. All right, let's get to our interviews. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right, we now welcome on former Razorback Jared Gates, first baseman on that 2018 team. Now, we got a lot to get to with with that, Jared, because Arkansas is playing Oregon State this weekend. But... Just in general, how much have you kept up with the Hogs since you since you played for them, and where are you at with that? Uh, I, I've I haven't lost touch, man. I, I feel like I'm I'm the biggest fan they have right now. So, uh, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Like, I don't know, like, hey, happy to be here. Um, but uh, no, man. Like, I've I've been a fan since I stopped, man. I was, I mean, I feel like I was a fan when I was playing. Like, I couldn't believe I was playing for them. But now it's just like now I get to watch. There's no pressure of trying to win games or anything. So now it's just like a true fan perspective. So I, I'm pretty locked in on it, man. Um, so like this year more than ever, I, I feel like I know a lot of the guys. I feel like I've been around um, the field enough, scrimmages and whatnot. Um, know a bunch of the guys and. Yeah, man, I, I I try not to miss a game, or if I do, like I'm, I'm catching up on it to see what happens. So, right on, man. I'm 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 curious, what like since you left the program, what's what's been your favorite memory of of a Razorback baseball game or something like that? Ooh, ooh, I, I was actually I went to the Stillwater Re- Regional last year, and that was that was insanity, man. Like I I, I didn't. I didn't get to, I went to the championship game. So that was the only game I went to. And that, like, that's recent memory what comes to mind because holy cow, that was electric right there. So um, I'm trying to think. I think I went to Omaha in 20, I want to say, well, I don't, I can't remember. I, I guess I was there in 19 when I was coaching, but um, I can't remember. I think I went in 20, I know COVID was in there, but anyway. That that Stillwater Regional last year comes to mind. Kevin watching Kevin do his thing that year was incredible too. I mean, it sucked not being able to watch Heston hit thirty home runs his junior year, but that that would have been cool. But nah, that that's that's what comes to mind. This this Stillwater watching Hagen strike out the like in the in the eighth or ninth or whatever it was was pretty crazy. So you mentioned that um that you're like a big fan now, which. So do you have a, a specific player that has really just like been your favorite player? Maybe not um, like Zach Gregory was a huge, like I just like Zach Gregory a lot and he, you know, didn't have all the numbers, but he was just fun to watch. Anybody like that? Uh, Not really, man. Um, there, There's players that it's like, yeah, man, like that dude's just different. Um, 
I, I kind of like a guy like McIntyre, man. It's just like he's not going to get a lot of. I mean, I don't. I, I was just thinking about this earlier. Like McIntyre is not like the first name you think of, but like that dude just gets it done, man. So like a guy like that is like kind of a guy by my own heart. Just you know, not the guy, but a guy you need for sure. You know, so guys like that stick out. Like like a Gregory, like and like you said, like not going to be the top of the draft boards or anything like that, but just, dude just gets it done. Like those are the guys I kind of like more fans of than fans, probably the wrong word, but more like more than others. But well, yeah, I mean, like I was a huge Jared Gates fan. I, I like Jared <laughs> Gates a lot. So that, I mean, it, it, no offense, but kind of the same thing. Like, you know, you, no, you're right. you weren't Heston Kerstad, but you, you were fun to watch. And you know, the no batting gloves was awesome. The broken finger was awesome. Like so many moments that you think back with Jared Gates and, there, there's so many, and I want to ask you about a lot of that. But Robert, I'll let you go and ask your question. Yeah, let's 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 zoom out to like college baseball as a whole for a second. And and I'm glad to hear that you're you're still so in Arkansas because I I think this is going to help you have a better answer. Um, but like, how much have you seen the game grow? Um, like since you played, like I, it's kind of tough for me to have a perspective on it because like you know I got to school in 2019 and then just completely immerse myself in college baseball right and so I've just been more involved but like you've coached at a smaller school uh you you've had time to reflect since you played I'm, I'm curious where you come down on that well obviously the the huge topic and I don't this is not the answer I would give but I mean NIO has changed a lot of things on its own I mean good or bad I think it's a good thing I mean I just think a lot of stuff and then this probably every former player will say this, but it just seemed like, of course, we had the cameras and the media, like we were, I mean, heavily followed, but like, I feel like two years later, man, like it, it completely changed. Like, like even the, like they got brand new jerseys and I'm not like, I love the, but they just, everything was brand new, obviously the new building. And I know you said college baseball in general, but I'm just speaking from like a hog perspective, like, dude, like the media team stepped it up, like 10 notches, like, after I mean after 2018 and I and I'm not maybe we trailblazed that in a sense but but honestly I don't think we did hog baseball has always been good but um just like the camera I mean I know this is probably not what you're expecting I think I have a better answer but just like the camera angles from on deck and like just the media like a lot more cooler videos in my opinion so it's like I mean there's gambling lines on every single game nowadays like I think back when I was playing like obviously I wasn't into that but there would only be lines on like SEC tournament games or SEC games or like cultural series games. Now it's like any, anything, like any game, like it's, it's out there props, all that stuff. So like the games changed that way. There's just more money in the game in general. So, uh, which is great, man. It's a great thing. I mean, guys like you podcasts like this, like help grow the game too. So like, it's just, it, it just matters, man. Like, I don't know. Like I try to eat up everything hog baseball. Like I wish there was more of it. So like, Stuff like you guys and stuff like that. Like, I think there's, I mean, the game is growing at a rapid pace, I think. And and and, and I'm not here to stop it. Like, I, I like what's going on. I think NIL has really, um, has really made people, I don't know. I don't know if NIL is attracting more fans or not, but it's definitely changed, you know. There's money in the vault now, which is going to definitely grow. Yeah. There's money involved. It's going to grow. You know, I've I've definitely, at least with NIL, from my perspective, it's just changed the way you view it. You know, like you can still be a fan, you can still root your team on, but you have to view it a little bit differently. Because, like, for example, 
you know, if we wanted to get ex Arkansas baseball player on on our podcast today, we we would have to go through the NIL office to pay them. So right. like, so right. like, it's uh that can you imagine like when you were an athlete, if someone wanted to interview you, we'd have to like talk to your agent to figure out a price of how much can we pay you. So like that's that's how it's changed, you know, from that perspective. But it, you know, it it's gonna date you a little bit, but it's been six years since 2018, man. So like, yeah, don't don't say that, man. That's crazy. <laughs> are are we are we good? Are we good to talk about it? Can can we like we don't have to we don't have to talk about. I want to I want to dance around this. Like I want to I want to tiptoe. Don't dance around it, man. Like I I've been dude. I've been talking about this. I mean, don't. I mean, I don't know. I've, I I don't know if I'm gonna give you the answers you're looking for, but. I've never been shy to talk about that. It's obviously every uh, Arkansas fan and just burning. Qu- I mean, it's like, I don't know. Like, you can just tell like, oh, you're Jerry Gates. Like, doesn't happen a whole lot. But it's like, oh, then the next question is like, well, what happened on that foul ball? So it's like, and it's it's fine, dude. Like, it's, it's I can't run from that. So don't, don't feel like you got to dance around or anything, dude. Just fire away. Well, I don't, even, I don't even want to ask you about the foul ball yet. Like, obviously, we're going to ask that question. I just want to ask you: Do you hate Oregon State? Uh, no, I don't hate Oregon State. No, no. That's a that's a tough question, man. I mean, no, I I think they beat us, man, and and I really do feel like we're the two best teams in the country playing against each other, and they beat us, man. Like whether you want to say we lost or they beat us, I mean, I really believe they beat us, and they 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 earned it, and so. No, I don't hate Oregon State. I just hate how freaking good they were. And they just had they were I just hate that they were able to fire on all I hate that it rained on Monday and had to push that. I mean, I hate that. So like I mean, I just I wish it would have went differently, but there's no hate for those guys. Those guys are really good baseball players and that was really fun, man. Like that was really fun. So but no, I don't hate I mean, I don't know. Just do I love them? No. <laughs> if I rooting against them and most I I can't say I've ever turned on the Oregon State game and I'm like, oh yeah, I hope Oregon State wins that game. Like that that's never happened. Probably never will. So unless they're playing like Ole Miss or something, I'm just like, and both teams just like lose somehow. Like that would be nice. That no great answer. Or Tennessee. T- throw Tennessee yeah. in. <laughs> I'm a little bit different on Tennessee too, just because uh, I played for Vitello and I know that I know Arkansas fans would be like, oh, we hate Tennessee. And I'm like, you guys are quick to forget what their head coach did for our program. Like, that's how I feel about it. But I get it, man. Tempers flared, you know. So, like, I get it. But, like, I got love for uh, some people in that building for sure. So, I'll root for those guys if they're playing other people. But that that's where I'm different probably. I'm I'm glad you you are willing to, you know, em- embrace this question. And, and it's not like I want to sit here and ask you what happened. Like, it happened, whatever. Uh, it's it's really just like, how did you like how how long did 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 that sit with you? Like how how have you learned to live with that moment? Because it seems like something that could haunt a person for the rest of his life. Yeah, and maybe I just haven't like crossed that threshold mentally. And if I haven't done it now, I don't know if I ever will. But like, I can't change it, dude. Like I can't like I can't change it, and like. Does it like do you think about it and just like sometimes like obviously I see it all the time on Twitter like it's constant but like there's times where I'm like dang like 
we could have caught that ball and like we could have been national champions like we could have been but like at the same time it's like the way I think about it's like dude that was really fun man like I played division one baseball at the University of Arkansas like like pinch me dude like where do I step but it's like no I went to the college series I played Omaha like actually made it to the final game like when I start like dude there's over a million people that watch that that like those games like that is like surreal to me like that is unbelievable and I just like every year like I'm able to put it in perspective like when the final four passed like March Madness final four like the college football playoff like it hits me in those moments where I'm like dude like these are the four best teams like in the country right now. And they're and, like all every and like in just my mind, like all these guys are like really good at what they do. And so like to give myself credit, which is like not something I usually do, but it's like I was one of those players, man. Like there's people watching those teams and like dang, like Arkansas, man, they're full of dudes, man. Like they got they're in the national title. Like we're about to watch them. Like being in that game, I don't know. That's just like cool to me, man. So like I don't know. I think I have a unique perspective on it, but like, it's just funny when I see like hog fans are like more mad about it than me nowadays. And it's just like, just calm down, dude, like chill out. Like it's not like, no matter how much you tweet or like, just say the hogs are going to hog or like, we just chill. like, it's not going to change anything, dude. Like it's just not. So you can either be negative and let it haunt you or just try to spin it into a positive, which is what I've tried to do. So. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it's like everybody, I like how you let it off. You can't change it. You literally cannot go back and catch that ball. You can't, you can't change the outcome of the national championship. It it is what it is. And what you guys accomplished was great. And we look back on that team as arguably the greatest Arkansas baseball team of all time. And you were Mm -hmm. part of that. So like for any, if it, you know, I'm so glad that you have that perspective because um, yeah, the people online are awful, dude. Yeah. Uh, This is the kind of content that needs to, this is the kind of content that needs to circulate Twitter and not like hog gonna hog, as you mentioned, right? That ain't gonna help. We both know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, let me ask you this though, because you have the fly ball, and I'm sure you have been asked this a thousand times, but I mean, Cronin just has to go back and throw another strike. Right. And then right. you also have a, no- a whole nother game. Um, so like, it's not just that one play. And I'm I'm sure even in that moment, like when that ball drops, you're probably not thinking, you know, the game's over, we're not about to win. You know, that that's just a, an incredible, like not incredible, just an unfortunate way that things went. But it wasn't just that one play. Obviously, if you catch it, the game's over. But a lot of other things could happen too. Right, man. Like, and that's what, like, people will say. That, I mean, people are like, oh, man, like as soon as y'all dropped that, like I knew, like, the series was over. And I'm like, really? Like no, how much did put on game three then, like? Because they're, like, I just think, like, of course you can say that now, like, after what happened. But, like, dude, like you said, man, like, right after that ball dropped, it was like, all right, man, like, Matt's about to go strike this dude out. Like, no problem. And then, obviously, like, ground ball through the sixth hole, like, just – and, like, when that ball was hit, it's like, oh, Bigger's going to get that, bro. Like, he gets he gets everything. Like, no problem. Ball gets through. It's like, dang, like, tie game, man. But it's also like, dude, we got – Nine one two coming up next inning, like we're good. And then even after the two round homer, it's like, all right, it's gonna be a little tougher. But like we still have, like we can still win this game right now. Like I, I, that's, I, I feel like the whole team could would say that to you right now. And then like even, even after that, dude, it's like, all right, like what do we have now? Like game three. And like I swear we were all juiced up for game three. Like 
we were, it was a normal day, dude. Like, we we're ready to win. Like, honestly, like, nothing from the night before was, it wasn't in my mind. I can't speak for everybody else, but like, it just wasn't. And then we just get diced up by a freshman, just, just pitched his butt off, you know, game of his life on short rest. And, you know, I mean, we ended up tearing his UCL doing it. So, I mean, you just, we got beat. So, uh, but when people are like, oh, yeah, like, you just knew it was over. And it's like, no, you didn't. Like, no, you didn't. Unless you put a, a great deal of money on game three, then I don't believe you because you don't know how it was, man. Yeah, I mean, it really, for me, it all comes back to that was that was strike two. And and also, like, people, people, so many people like to chime in and be like, oh, you know, it's a, why, why wouldn't they catch it, right? There's so much foul ground in that yard. Like, it's by no means an easy play to make. There's, there's an unreal amount of foul ground. And I don't know, man. I think uh, I shouldn't get into this, but. I'm not going to get into this, but uh, I, I was, there's a lot of foul ground. I think uh, that year, the White Sox and the Royals played like a a game before the tournament kicked off. And, and I think Castellanos playing second base for the Tigers at that time, I believe. I could be wrong. I don't know who was playing second base. Not the Castellanos doesn't make sense as an outfielder, but whoever's playing second, I guess like same type of play. And I think they missed it just because, I don't know, it was weird, like a weird deal or something like that. I think Eduardo Perez was telling me that. I didn't even watch that game, but they're like, yeah, man, like, we just watched the big leaguer just make the same mistake, like, a week ago. So, like, and But also, it, all, it also, like, in the moment, and you probably felt the same way, like, I didn't think anything of it. I don't think many people watching the game thought anything of the play until, you know, the series ended up the way it did. Because that's that's almost like a routine play. Like, people drop that ball almost every single game. We see it every single game at Baum Walker, a play just like that. So I know. It's not like it's this, you know, one-in-a-million play that never happens and Arkansas made this huge mistake. No, that play happens all the time. It just happened to be in, in, in you know, a super high – a moment that unfortunately ended the way it did, but no, I don't. I don't think it's anybody's fault, you know. And it's six years, six years. We can talk about it. You're talking about it. we're having a great time. So, oh yeah, I mean, it, it was cool, man. Like just, just to make a mistake like that or make an error like that, like you got to be in that moment. So, I mean, I, I feel good. I was in that moment, and, and the people that want to just bash it, like we're never in that moment, and, and that's okay. I mean, so. Like the man in the arena is an awesome quote, and I seem to live by it. So um, it's it's all good, man. So I'm not gonna. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't trade my career for for the world. So and everything that happened with it. So I, I'm super content, man. Want to want to shift topics to like clubhouse roommate vibes, if if I may, for a second. I saw a video on social media earlier this week. Um, it's even relevant because because Adley Rushman was was part of it. Uh, it was it was the the Orioles social team was doing like interviews in their clubhouse in Florida in spring training. I guess a bunch of them were living together, and uh, they they were talking about how much they enjoy playing Settlers of Catan together. And I saw on your Arkansas bio that you're a big Settlers of Catan guy. I'm curious, did you have like a group in Fayetteville that you played with all the time? Uh, yeah. So like we didn't we didn't. So I was there for two years, and then so in 2017, my first year there, we played a lot of Catan. It was like me, Dominic Tacolini, Jake Parlage, uh, 
Biggers would play. Biggers didn't really like it as much. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Maybe like Arlich's, Jake Arlich's girlfriend, but like we would, it was really just Takalini and uh, Jake Arlich. I remember we would just play a lot of Catan and Jake Arlich is like, it, he was hard to beat. I know it's like a game where like winning should be pretty. I mean, I don't know. There's, but Arlich would just win every time. And it's like, dude, I don't understand how you keep winning, but didn't play a whole lot my uh, senior year, but I, I still have that game and the expansion pack and just playing it over winter break. So that's a great game, man. So that's a it's great an, game. It's an awesome game. I love it so much. It's like you, you see sellers of a tan and you're like, all right, like you're a huge nerd. Like, no way this game's fun. Like, but dude, it's 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 an amazing game. Yeah. Um, I that definitely brings the boys together. So the Orioles, I mean, dude, they might have a great season now. Now that I know that. Um that well, I mean, heck, dude, they freaking got Rushman and Kirstad now. They're really good. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're they are good. So let me ask I'm you. I'm excited for Heston. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you about Heston, but I, I need to ask you about Kevin Copps. I have to ask you about Kevin Copps because every every player who has played with Kevin Copps has a Kevin Copps story because apparently he's just like a really weird guy. And I don't know if you have a Kevin Copps story. You might have to dig deep for it. Uh, and if you don't, that's okay because we have more questions. Uh, I don't have like a just a crazy Kevin story, but he is just the nicest person like in the world. Like, Kevin is never, like, I don't think he's killed a fly, man. Like, he is just super nice. Like, and, like, he went through a lot, man. Obviously, like, his journey, like, there needs to be an E60 on his journey. But I'll say this, man, and I, I would say this if Kevin was in the room, and I think he'd laugh about it. But Kevin was the guy that I would see, like, an inner squad, and I need some hits. And, like, Kevin was throwing for their team. Like, I was like, all right, like, I feel good about this, man. Like Kevin, like we get a. I mean, then there was other. There was plenty of other guys like that. I mean, so I, I'm not just. But Kevin was a guy I felt good. I mean, left on right, like any righty, I feel good about. But Kevin was just like, dude, I, I feel good. I'm gonna get some hits today, man. Like, and that's just that's who he was, man. Like, he, I think Kevin will tell you, like, he wasn't that good, man. Like, he wasn't. And then he got hurt that year. I mean, he got hurt a lot seemingly that when I was there, he was always in like a sling or something like that. But he was in that, like, I think our senior year, he was rehabbing from Tommy John. He was just in a, in a, in a cast, man. And this guy's just in the way, just lived in the weight room. It's like split squatting, like four fifteen, And it's like, dude, I've never seen that in my life. Like I can't even do that. Like back squat, like with a, with a bench, like, box squat like I can't do that like I would never even think about it. and this dude's just like split squatting rear foot elevated and it's like holy cow dude like are you gonna be a bodybuilder you're gonna try to pitch next year so but he just like worked his tail off like I know like everyone says like couldn't happen to a better guy couldn't happen to a better guy like but this is the time where it's like truly like couldn't happen to a better guy and just to see him oh shoot sorry I think I just muted myself but um Seeing him do that, like, it just didn't make any sense, like, just watching on TV. Like, when they're watching on TV, it's just like, I don't know, like, when are they going to start peeing off on this? Like, because, like, it just doesn't, like, I know on TV, it's always like, it's not that hard to hit. When you're in the box, it's like, it's insanely hard to hit. But, like, I, even on TV, it's like, it's like, 
I, what is that pitch doing that's like causing like this mass confusion? Like there's hitter, like these guys are first round, second round, third round SEC hitters, like, and they have no idea what's going on. So I'm like, I got friends, like I talked to Zach Barr and I'm like, dude, like, can you like tell me what's going on? And it's like, dude, basically he can control if it cuts, backs up, sinks. He can control the gyro, like in a sense. And I'm like, dude, that's mind blowing. Like no one's ever been able to do that. So they they learned like they like quantified like his success. And I was like, dude, like that's incredible. So good for Kevin. That's not really a story like this moment, but like just a little bit about Kevin, man. Like he's just he ain't gonna say much, but he's just he's gonna do more than you do, and like there's nothing you can do about it. And to see that finally pay off for like a whole year. And the fact that Kevin Cops, like, I think he gray-shirted, red-shirted, like, all that stuff. And he's, like, the best player in America. I don't know. They, I would have never guessed that. So it, it was it was truly one of the most unbelievable things to to watch. I I mean, showing up to the yard every day, trying to, like, appreciate the greatness of what you were seeing in real time. Because, it, it, like, it it's so rare that it happens at any level of baseball. And and for it to, for it to happen in college, it, while I was there at the time, it was it was really cool. Anyway, on the other side of that, uh, who who did you not have a good time facing? Be it an Arkansas pitcher or somebody else you played in league play that you know is in the show now or something. Someone I did not like facing. Most guys, honestly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think about the guys on our team and then guys in the league. Man, like I'll tell you this: like Kyle Wright, like. I faced Kyle Wright my first year at Arkansas in 2017. He pitched for Vanderbilt. He's already in the league. I didn't – I struck out three times, and I probably spent about 30 seconds in the batter's box, like, in, in total through those three at-bats. Like, that was – he was, like, 97 to 100 with – and I got – that wasn't even his best pitch that day. Like, he was just white, like a disgusting slider. Um as far as our guys go, like Cronin, like that that was uncomfortable. Um Isaiah Campbell, even though I I stroked him a couple of times. Um <laughs> I can say that to Zay, but he, he was not an easy at bat. It just looks like that thing is gonna hit the ground and it's at your knees all of a sudden. It's like I I don't know how that how that happened. I'm missing a lot of guys. Like Lowski was a challenge because how how fast he worked. Pacalini. Takalini was the first guy I faced um, in an inner squad at Arkansas. First at bat ever, like first scrimmage, first pitcher. I'm, I get to face like Takalini throwing like 92, 94. And it's just like straight sinking. Threw me like two sinkers on a slider and I was gone. I was like, what What just happened? Like, I, I don't know if I'm in the right spot or not because that I, I can't hit that. I can't even, I didn't even see that. So, um, Dude, there's so many guys. I, I'm missing so many guys. I mean, that, that's the thing about Arkansas. It's like you're facing the best pitching staff, top five pitching staff in the country, like every single day. So um, there's so many guys. It's like, dude, yeah, this is uncomfortable. But you kind of just get the you get used to uncomfortable at bats, and and you try to figure it out. But I mean, all those guys are good, man. It, it was never like, except Kevin, man. I was like, all right, Kevin's gonna throw me a cutter. Like, I'm gonna try to pull this because it's going to get on. I mean, it's a good cutter. It's always been a good cutter, but that, that's all it was back in that day. So I'm like, all right, I can cheat to a cutter and, and let's see what happens. But um, like Rindle, just there's so many guys I can go on and on. 
Mason, I'm going to jump in here and, and do the same thing I did yesterday, but announce my own departure so that you can't trash me for it. I okay. mean, I know you I know you will in a couple of seconds, but Jared, thanks so much, man. This was awesome. Looking forward to the next time we chat. I appreciate it, man. Thank well, you. We can go and we can go and wrap up here, Jared, because we're, we're, we're definitely going to have you back on. This has been awesome. Um, cool. Last, but my last question here, are, are you going to Arlington or are you going to be watching on Flow Sports? <sighs> That's a good question. I'm not going to Arlington, but I probably I'm gonna have to buy Flow Sports, man. I I'm kicking myself today, man, because last week I was gonna buy it to watch Tennessee play Texas Tech, but I did, and I ended up like going to the movies with my wife. I was like, ah, I, I should have just bought it now because I would have got my money's worth. I mean, seemingly, I guess, but. I would have had it last week and this week, but no, nah, I'll probably, I mean, I, I got to buy it, dude. I'll, I'll be buying it and I'll watch all the games this weekend. So, all Close right. Sports, it gets you, man. They, they got me last year, dude. It's, it's, a, it's a February thing. I hate, I hate, I, I know you said, I, I want to hear your rant on this. Well, I don't know if it's before or after this segment, but I was like, dude, like, I, I ain't happy with full sports either, man. Well, here's the thing. I actually so we already recorded that part and I didn't go off on him because for because, for good reason. And it it's because I don't think they'll have the rights to show the foul ball play and so that's going to be huge for Arkansas fans. They're not oh, going to yeah, be able to show is. any replays from that from that series. I was going to ask like what I was like I was thinking before this interview I was like what do you think the over under on how many times they show that play? I was like three and a half, four and a half times, and I'll probably take the over on that. Like any chance they get, they just that's good. Okay, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. So, so, so I, I thought like when you text me, I was like, hey, like I want. You said like, what does this game Friday mean to you? And I was like, I don't know how to answer that, man. Like, doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I just know that like. They're going. It's just. I think it's a lot of like a lot of fanfare, a lot of headlines. Like, um, I think that's like the only thing that's different about this game. It's like someone's like, "Are we going to be able to get revenge?" I'm like, "No, like we we can't get revenge, dude. They beat us in the national title. Like, if we beat them tomorrow by 20 runs, like, uh, is that going to do it for you? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it'd be cool, but it's not going to make up for the hardware they have in their glass case that we don't. So. That's that. Is, I'm glad you didn't just hammer on. What's this game tomorrow mean to you? I was like, I don't, I don't know, nothing, dude. <laughs> just another Friday night. I want to see Hank and Smith throw. Well, that's that's what me. That's what I want to see. So, top ten matches. I'm excited for it. But yeah, that's I'll the. Well, I, I hopefully I cancel it on Monday, but I'll, I'll buy flow. Yeah, you know that. I'm glad you said that because that's the thing that that we kind of talked about was that you know. Yeah, from a fan perspective, this means a lot. And and so I'm glad that you brought your perspective because it is – and we've kind of gotten this vibe from DVH and anybody who's on the roster now, which obviously they didn't play in that series. Yeah, no one would stay there, yeah. Um, it's just I don't I don't think it, it means as much to them as it does to the fans. And not, not a bad way, just like it no, obviously yeah. it's way bigger deal to the fans given the national championship. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Van Horn's just like – I'm sure he thinks about it just like I thought about it. Like, damn, like, we don't like these guys. Like, we got a history, but, like, at the end of the day, it's like, we need to go. I mean, Sam Van Horn's speech, you've heard a million. We just need to go play well today. Like, that. that's truly – that's truly how all those guys are going to take it, man. Like, they're going to be more, like, hung up on, like, oh, man, we're at Globe Life Field. This is sick. Like, 
the first is like, oh man, we're playing big bad Oregon. That's not gonna cross their mind one time. So, yeah. but we got Oklahoma State on Saturday too. Like that's that, to me, that's like right up there with. I mean, those guys actually played against Oklahoma State. Like there's history there with those those guys in the locker room right now. So I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I know it's not the same, but. If Oklahoma State didn't start the weekend one and two or start one and two opening weekend, I'd be much more excited about that. You That's know? a good point. And uh, who would play on Sunday? They Michigan. Michigan started off exactly. two and You don't two, even know. Like, <laughs> no, I do. I, I yeah. just forgot Mich- yeah. Michigan. But Yeah, but, like, it's like Michigan, I'm not even excited about that game. Like, I, I hope Arkansas run rules them like they did at Oklahoma State the, the Sunday game last year in Arlington just so we can get home because we got to drive right. home. <laughs> I will I will say like that I, I if I had to pick the schedule like the way I wanted to play these three teams, like I would have picked Oregon State. I would have picked the like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like playing Oregon State on Friday, I think is playing them on a Sunday would have sucked in my opinion. Just yeah. you know, it just we get to see ace versus ace and I think we have the best best guy in the country, honestly, despite what happened last I mean, I didn't think he threw bad last weekend, just one swing really. I mean, obviously can't walk and hit the first two guys for I mean I don't know what that is <laughs> but he's he's gonna be really good for tomorrow night I think I think yeah he'll be yes. he'll be solid I mean DBA said it like you know I asked Hagen about his dog I'm not worried yeah about that. I saw that you know all right Jerry I ain't worried about it yeah but yeah I appreciate your time man we'll get you back on and uh hoping the Hawks can at least beat Oregon State on Friday you know just get a win That'd be nice. Yeah. I'd be cool with that. Just let's just go three and I'll move on. All right, Jared. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I would love to do this another time or whenever y'all want me. This is the I'll talk about the hogs all day long, man. This is fun. All right. Perfect. All right. Thanks. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right. We now welcome on Jax Biggers, former Arkansas shortstop from that 2018 team. We're going to get into it, Jax, but first of all, just how's it going for you, man? Going well. Um, out here in Arizona for spring training, um, you know, enjoying the the uh, hotter part of America right now in February, and uh, yeah, just excited to get ready for another season. So you're part of the Rangers system. Are you going to be starting in AAA this year? Uh, I don't know. We won't know until middle to late March. Um, ideally, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. But I've learned in the past just to, you know, put your head down and, you know, wake up the next day and whatever happens, that's where, that's where you're at. You can't really control where they put you besides what you do on the field. So that's what I'm uh, trying to keep it in my head locked in yeah. the entire training. So what's been uh, what's been going on with you as far as like, so you were in double A last year and then you got up to triple A for a little bit. Where are you at as far as like, What's the next step for you? What are you really working towards right now? Um, just consistency. Um, you know, it sounds easy, um, but for whatever reason, in the game of baseball, consistency is very hard. And the guys who are in the show who are really, really, really good, um, they find a way to be able to do the same thing every day. And uh, that's just what I'm trying to get to. That's my goal is just, you know, I, I know I have a good swing. I know I'm a good fielder. I know I do everything really good when I'm, at my best, so trying to be more consistent um, at being my best all the time, rather than you know every once in a while. So, what's that like to uh, to be part of 
a, a team or, or an organization that wins the World Series, but you're not you're not on the big league roster. What's what? How did that go? Yeah, it's cool. Um, I definitely would rather be up there for sure. Uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool knowing that like the team, the, the organization that I'm in, you know, it's the best. It was the best team last year. You know, holding the trophy. So it, it is cool. I got some friends on the team. Um, some close friends that I'm hopefully gonna have for a long time. So you know, you're rooting for them. As much as you want to be up there, you're still rooting for the guys that, that are up there. Um, just hope one day to be up there. So let's uh, let's talk about Round Rock, Texas a little bit because Arkansas played in uh, a little early season tournament there. I think it was two years ago. And the weather, it was like 30 degrees. It was terrible. It was like rainy, misty, snowy. And DVH basically is like, we're never going back to Round Rock again. So do you think you could ever talk DVH to going back to Round Rock? No, I, I want them to come to Arizona during spring training so I could um, go watch a game. Because whenever the Round Rock tournament is, I'm out here in spring training. Um, but it's a nice stadium, really nice field. So hopefully they do get back there. But for my personal sake, they need to come out to surprise Arizona uh, so I can you know, go ahead in the cage and go outside and watch them play. So did you get to, did you get to watch Oregon State at all last week? If I could have, I, if I wanted to, I could have. Um, I didn't have any interest. I don't know anyone on the team anymore. Um, as good as as the team they were in 2018, all those guys are gone now. So um, I just I don't know. I don't. It's hard for me to follow college baseball now because I don't know anybody. Um, I follow the Hogs, but even the Hogs, like I, this is the first year I don't know a single person on the team besides knowing of them uh, from like keeping up with them. So it's it's cool, I you know, serving for DBH and and some of the guys on the staff there that I knew, and, and played for. But yeah, it's it's really weird. I don't know anybody in college baseball anymore. <laughs> that is that is weird. Um, I I feel like the game is growing, but definitely when you're not part of it or you know as immersed in it, I I can see that. But let's let's go back to that 2018 season. So basically, when I when we talked to Jared Gates, a good friend of yours, he. I basically was just like, can we talk about it? Are we good? Like, where are we at with it? Yeah, um, I, I was always good with it. Um, I know it's a game. I know it wasn't a lack of effort. I know it wasn't like we didn't care, we didn't try. So it wasn't like a, we didn't want to. We did everything in our power that we could to be in the spot we were in. Uh, just didn't fall our way. Um, you know, the guys on the team, uh, the the coaches that were on the uh, on the staff and the trainers, the whole group was good. So you know, I love that was a great year, great team. I really enjoyed it. Just you know, one game away. Yeah, um, you know, Jared was saying that even in the moment, uh, you know, you re you don't even really think about that. Like it's just on to the on to the next pitch. And even after the game, after game two, it's just on to game three. Nobody was really worried about it. Um, and then it, it ends the way it does. But I think he had a great outlook on it of like, you know, what are we supposed to do to change it? We can't go back and change it. We can't. Yeah. It is what it is. And and he, I really like the way that, that he said this. And maybe you have the same experience. It's like I was part of one of the two best teams in all of college baseball that year. And I got to play, you know, millions of people at home watching me. That's an experience you can never get back, win or lose, right? Right. Yeah, 100%. Um yeah, the experience to even be in Omaha to play in front of, I think it was like 27,000 one of our games. Um, and then to be like, you know, the final two teams was a really cool experience. 
w- wish it would have been one game different, but I loved it. Um, I enjoyed every moment of being there, the ups and the downs. You know, it all got me where I'm at today, and I'm very happy, you know, with, with where I'm at. So, uh, obviously, like I said, you know, wish it was different, but I appreciate it. And uh, I think we've all moved on and made the best of it from here. Is there anybody uh, from that 2018 team specifically that you've ran into maybe more frequently in the minors? I'm trying to even think. I guess I should have thought before I we started recording. Have you ran into anybody frequently? Uh, um, on my team or on Oregon State? Just no, no, no. From from the 2018 Arkansas team, uh, yeah, just throughout okay. the minors, uh, either you played against them or anything like that. I played against Eric Cole. Uh, we were in Loa. He was in Lexington. I was in Hickory, North Carolina. And then Eric's team is also uh, they were the he was with the Royals, and we share a complex in Arizona. So every spring training, I would see him. Um, we're in the same city. So I saw Eric a lot. I saw Eric a ton. Uh, Grant, uh, Grant Cook. I saw Grant a uh, bunch in low A. He was with Greensboro, who were the Pirates, and that was low A. And then when I got to double A, I saw Fletcher a lot because he was with Amarillo and I was with Briscoe. So we crossed paths for about a year and a half. Um, and then Fletcher was also in reno for triple a and i was in uh round rock but then now he's gotten traded to the white Sox. so if he is in triple a i won't see him again um but he should be in the show to start the year i'm hoping for and i think he is too yeah absolutely i mean that the, it was a shame that he got called up and played so well and then it's just yeah. when it did um and of course they ended up being really good though so that worked no, out i did um Let's see. I I want to I want to get into some other stuff, but I let's let's stick with some some major league baseball stuff though because I got to ask you, do you have any insider info on on this new uniform stuff that's going on? Have you seen like all what, the what uh what what's what's the problem? So like apparently the jerseys are just super low quality and the pants are like super see-through. Have you experienced that at all? I haven't, but I ha- I have seen that photo on Twitter where it's like the Kopech from last year and the Kopech from this year. Um, yeah, it does. It does look a little uh, non-professional, um, but you know, Nike's a big company, and I'm sure they'll definitely take care of it in the future. Okay. Especially if all, all the complaints that they're getting on Twitter, I personally don't care. Um, you know, it's just it's a it's a jersey, and they're cool, but it's a spring training jersey, so I'm sure they'll get the the regular season ones perfect. Okay. Um... I had to sneak that one in there. Now I do want to ask you. So, did you were you ever at all close with Kevin Copps, or were you ever like around him a lot, or or was it? Yeah, me, me, so me and Kevin played together um, on the Columbia Angels growing up. When we were like fifteen, sixteen, um, and then I don't know if he switched team. He went to the Sliders, I think, uh, another Houston team. Um, but we we're from the same high school area. Uh, he went to George Randall to Ridge Point, probably like 15 miles away. And then um, get to, then I go to JUCO, and he commits to Arkansas in high school. And uh, we, we were always cool, never close, until I got to, back to school at Arkansas. Um, we became good friends, you know. You play with, Whenever you play with a team that close, everybody becomes good friends. Um, but, yeah, so we got to play with him, know his parents uh, real well. My parents, his parents are friends. And then – see Kevin 
after I left, stay for another couple of years and just go crazy. We, I, I, no, okay, nobody knew like that was gonna happen, but like his stuff is good. And so when it, when it was happening, like I wasn't like crazy shocked. And then like it just kept happening and happening. It was like, oh my god, this is routine for him. And uh, yeah, it was crazy, um, but really cool. And very happy for Kevin. And Kevin's another guy from the 2018 team that I ran into the last two years when he was in San Antonio, and I was in Frisco, and then he went to El Paso, and I was in Round Rock. So I faced Kevin, I think, like five or six times. And my last at bat, I finally got a hit off of him. Um, but the first five or six, he's he's taking care of business quick on me. That's uh, it's funny that you say that, um, Jared. Uh, going back to Jared, but he was he said that. Every time that you guys were in inner squads and Kevin was pitching, he knew that he was going to get a hit. Like he was, yeah. It, you know, like it's so crazy that it went from that. Like, were you the same way maybe with Kevin, where like he was pretty hittable in inner squads? Kevin will tell his parents that he always got me out in college and in inner squads. And I don't recall that. Uh, I, I do, I, I didn't hit a thousand against him. But I do remember one of my first at bats in at my junior year, I had a base hit against him, um, and I'm 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 sure he got me out plenty of times in college too. But that's my only remembrance. We, there's so many fall abs that we had. It's just you go through a lot of them. Um, you just can't. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of at bats we get, which is a good thing. So I don't remember all of them. But yeah, Kevin always tells his parents, and my and Kevin's dad would tell my dad, yeah, Jack never got a hit off Kevin in, in college. Which which is probably is true if if I, besides I wanted that. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of Kevin's dad, it was uh Matt Goodhart actually told us that Kevin likes to play Minecraft with his with his dad, and apparently his dad's gamer tag is Jort Boss. Do you know anything about that? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm not a really big gamer besides Madden, so I never got into the Fortnite or or. Uh... Minecraft and Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft. Yeah, I never got into that. Well, I, I ask about Kevin because every every former hog that we have talked to has has just a story about Kevin Copps. Like Zeb Vermillion, you know, said that he would be eating pizza in bed and Kevin was doing push-ups. Uh <laughs> Goodhart tells the Minecraft story. Uh I don't remember, maybe it was Wicklander said that Cops used to spray his plants with milk. Like just so many weird things. So like we always like to get you know, do you have a Kevin Cop story? Just something weird about it. Um, not really. I, I just know that I remember when I was at school, Kevin was like trying really hard for velo, trying to get his uh, velocity up. And then from what I heard the last two years, he was like, whatever I throw is what I throw. I'm just going to work on movement. And that worked out well. Uh, the one Kevin story I probably got, we do it. It's called an Omaha Challenge. If you you heard of that right, familiar with it? Uh I I'm not I don't think I am. What is it? Okay, so in the fall, or maybe yeah, in the fall. To, so when we end the fall, or like all the how's it work? Oh yeah, okay. So we go to we go to the fall, play all play all the fall ball, whatnot. The fall is over, it's just straight workouts. And like you'll get like some individual time, whatnot, but it's straight workouts. And then before I think it's before Christmas break. There's four captains or five captains, however many they choose, and then you draft a team of the the baseball guys. But everything you're doing is like non-baseball, so it's like you know you'll carry, you'll do a farmer's carry for 185 pounds for 50 yards and come back, and it's a relay race between you and your whole team versus the other teams, and you get points. And it's just a 
a good way to end the uh, the semester as a, like a bonding, but you're being competitive. Anyways, Kevin was always the, one of the guys who was first picked. Both years I was there, Kevin was, I think, the first pick in one of the years and a first rounder in the other years, which is crazy because when you look at Kevin, you're like, okay, athletic, like, blah, 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 whatever. But you don't think, like, he can squat the house, he can jump the highest, he's one of the fastest. Like, he's crazy athletic, and it's, and it's kind of hidden for how athletic he is. Yeah, that's, you know, it's it's just crazy to think about it because you hear that, you hear like the the beet juice stories about how how serious oh, yeah. he would take his his uh, nutrition. Uh, you know, we've heard stories like after he after he tore his UCL, he would have his arm in a sling and squatting like four hundred pounds. Like, I mean, that's just that's why he won the Golden Spikes, I guess. Yeah, he was he was a combination of Chuck Norris and uh, and uh, what's the other dude? Chuck Norris is like rival uh, uh Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Yes, yes. Yeah, He's a combination of Chris Norris and Jack and, and Bo Jackson. He all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Cost, man. Well, Jax, this has been awesome. I don't want to keep you too long, man. But wishing you the best of luck out there in Arizona this year. Love keeping up with you and all the former Hogs, man. So uh, we'll definitely get you back on in the future, and really appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you for keeping me updated in Arkansas baseball on Twitter. That's where I get majority of my stuff from is from you. So I do appreciate it. Uh, and you're doing a great job. I appreciate it again. Hey, man, I appreciate you following me. I mean, I, you shouldn't be following me. You should just be like texting DVH, but I, I appreciate it. I will. I will. All right. You have a good one. All right, Jax. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right. We now welcome on a very special guest. It is Kevin Bohannon friend of the program haven't talked to him in a while but that's because we haven't done the podcast in a while Cabo, you might be i'm trying to think of who might be our most recurring guest it's either Cabo or matt grissom it's got to be one of you two but yeah, we're happy to have you back on and uh let's go ahead and start with just your your first impressions from opening weekend uh arkansas goes three and one yeah depth uh, is is the key point 14 offensive players, guys that got at bats, 13 pitchers. So offseason, preseason, I said, look, if you want to make a run, get to Omaha, be the last one to dogpile, you need 10 pitchers that you can rely on to say, okay, go get me an out. Four starters, roughly, six relievers. Yeah. Now, are all 13 pitchers going to pitch significant innings? No. There, there's going to be a pecking order that, you know, kind of plays itself out. And I think we've seen that so far. We saw it in the scrimmages in the preseason when they when Coach Van Horn would put Smith against Molina, Tigert, uh, Bybee, you know, McIntyre in there, Gage Wood. We saw the pecking order kind of play out. So Ben Bybee didn't get to throw. Cooper Dawson didn't get to throw. Bybee, of course, was hurt. Then maybe later on you get to add in a Dylan Carter or a Hunter Dietz. So you, you got a lot of depth right there. And then the offensively, yeah, they left a lot of runners on base. They left 33. Over the course of four games, it's eight and a quarter a game. That's bad. But, you know, when you're playing with different lineups and you have three different catchers in four games and you're shifting your left field around a little bit to find who's going to win that position, you're going to have things like that, especially when you're flipping a lineup over the chemistry while they've been together for a year now, almost a year, and these guys know each other, they live with each other. There's still certain intricacies of the game of baseball that, 
you know, take some time to develop. And, you know, you could kind of see that with certain things. Um, And it's the same with coaches. Uh, A lot of times if you're a base coach and you're sending a guy, you're going based off what you've seen. But that's in practices. That's in scrimmages. Uh, we got a lot of guys thrown out at second base trying to stretch singles into doubles. So um like to see a little bit more situational hitting. They stayed in the middle of the field too much. They hit into five double plays. But overall, uh, it was positive. I think this is a good team, and they lived up to the hype. Uh, Colin Fisher was the surprise of the weekend. Not that he went out and did well. It was when he went out there and did great. That's what you expected Hagen Smith to do on Friday. So uh, that's just a little high-level view of, you know, what I've been talking about and what I saw, you know, opening weekend. Let's let's focus on some of those pitchers um, specifically. I know you're a big Gage Wood guy, so we can uh, we can give you the opportunity to talk about him a little bit. But I'm curious, he he falls into an interesting group with uh, Christian Fouch and Parker Coyle. And I guess you could throw Bybee in there too, the, the sophomore arms, but we didn't see Bybee throw. Um, you know, they've got, like you said, you need 10 pitchers. You've got um, those those three or four have opportunities to be impact players this year. Did they show you anything last weekend? Uh, and, and like how how high do you think their ceilings are this year? So Fouch, obviously, with the build and the velocity, has a super high ceiling. The Padres and the Rangers went and saw him play when he was up in the Northwoods League for the Ro- Green Bay Rockers this past season uh, just to go out and see him throw a few pitches because he's 97, 98 with a dirty split finger fastball and that that's going to play at the next level. Gage Wood's ceiling is still going up. And the thing that I saw from him was confidence more than anything on Friday. I expect him to come back and throw on Monday again. Um, they are wanting to use him only one time a weekend. So that goes in, that falls into the bucket of maybe he can get two, three, three plus innings. And Coach Van Horn has stated, look, I don't want to name a closer because I've got four, maybe five guys that can go out there and get two, three, four innings. Um, and building that into the role of a Will McIntyre, just it spreads the pitching staff out more and you you have more options. I like Gage when he's confident out there, and that's what you saw on Friday. First pitch strikes. The slider has gotten better. Last year it was that big 12-6 curveball that we all saw coming out of high school. But now he's able to work it uh, more at a diagonal angle. It's got more bite to it. It's not as easy to pick up out of the hand because when you're throwing a slider, it's it's just that it's just that slight turn of the hand right there to where you're not completely on top of the curveball. That helps him tremendously, especially against left-handed bats, or he can throw that back foot and away from righty. So Parker Coyle. Coaching staff was really high on him. I still haven't seen it yet. He's a different guy in scrimmages and practices than he is in a game. The ball gets over the plate too much, and if your ball's over the plate, you better have some stuff to that. You better have some movement. You better have some dancing ability to go with it. So we said the same thing about Connor Nolan. You know, for three years it seems. So if you're going to be over the middle of the plate, you better have some run, some tail, some bite, some life at the end of it. So uh, those three right there, they're they're going to contribute. I think Bybee has the ability, the potential. He's got to do it in the games, and he's done it in the past. It's just got to be more consistent. So as we see these guys this weekend, are they going to be able to replicate what they did opening weekend against JMU against teams that are going to be better? Oregon State's a top 10, top five team. Oklahoma State, not as good in the past as, as what they've been. So Michigan, they're not very good. They Western Michigan lost the opening two games in extra innings, then you had to fight and call back. So Western Michigan's an okay program. 
so it's it's going to be a good test for him this weekend, especially in that opener. Um, I want to ask you about Hagen Smith because look, obviously we're not worried about Hagen Smith. There's we're not we're just not worried about can he go out and 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 like be good. Obviously yeah. he can do that. Dave Van Horn's not worried about it, but you know from your perspective, what happened? What what went wrong? Because DVH said he didn't think it was jitters or anything. It just no. he didn't really know what happened. So and, and it was funny that Coach Van Horn said talk to Hagen about his dog. I don't like to talk to Hagen about pitching. That's he knows how to go out there and pitch. So in certain situations, and I talked about this on so on online and on the radio the other day about feel, F E E L, about having feel. And I talked to actually I talked to Ethan Bates about this from Louisiana Tech that was at Arkansas because he's their closer now and he walked a couple and I said what's going on he said I can't feel the ball come out of my hand I said is it while the ball is in your hand or is it coming out of your hand release point if it's coming off your fingertips and that was Hagen's deal on Friday so if you notice the first inning he was 96 98 or starting out 96 98 I know he only threw one inning. And then the velo dropped tremendously. It was like 93-94. So while while he's pitching mid-inning, he's changing up how he's throwing his fastball because he, he, he can't get a feel for it. He can't feel where it's going out there. Now, that can be attributed to a couple of things. When you get adrenaline going and you really can't control your breathing at the level you should to slow your heart rate down, it affects your extremities to where you can't really feel and your muscle memory is impacted by that. That's why we see guys that are all hopped up and they go out there and they're, you know, headbutting everything and flexing all the time. They can do well in that moment because everything's at a stasis for them. Now, with Hagen, he's he's a fired up guy when he needs to, but mostly he's pretty calm, cool, and collected. So he just didn't have feel that day. And I think you saw it, and I talked to Bubba Carpenter a little bit about it, and I said, look, I don't think there's anything physically wrong. I don't think there's anything mentally wrong. I think it was just something that happened in this baseball, and I've seen it happen a million times before. I've seen former Razorback ace pitchers that are that went on to the major or to the professional ranks get lit up by a high school player while throwing batting practice and off-season workouts. So it's baseball; it happens. Now, if you if you if you really want to compound it and go back to his last start at Ballmarker Stadium, which was against TCU, and, and see the similarities, you're you're thinking. Oh man, this is an issue. I don't think so. But first of all, TCU is going to hit anybody at that point. They would have lit up Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson. Going into this year, Hayden had been so consistent and so good that expectations were maxed out for him. Now, I think he'll live up to them. We'll, we'll see this weekend against Oregon State because he's going to be tested for sure. Yeah, that's a perfect segue into, into this weekend. Big matchup with Oregon State Friday night, as we mentioned earlier. Um, it's been six years since the infamous, it, excuse me, infamous incident in Omaha. Um, so, like the players, you know, there's there's nobody who played on that 2018. Even with team. COVID, there's still not any left. Yeah, right. So, like, I I wonder like how much the the players grasp the magnitude of this. I'm 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 sure that it's probably a huge deal for the coaches, and they can communicate that. But where do you come down on all that? So, and, and I was talking about this as well the other day. I was like, look, with the fans, this is a revenge tour. This is something that every fan has been looking forward to since 28, since June of 2018. We finally get to get those guys back. 
Oregon State could care less. This is a this is their second weekend. They're going to go out there and play ball. And the the current Razorback roster has to see it that way as well. It it, it took me back to my junior year of high school where we lost to Batesville in the finals, fifteen to thirteen. Well, the following year we get to go up to Batesville during the regular season, and we went in all half cocked, ready to get revenge. Look, they've already got the ring. We're just this is just another regular season game to them. So keeping an even keel, maintaining that, you know, work ethic throughout the week, building up to it. You get to go out there and just play the game. You're gonna be in front of a huge crowd. There's a, a caravan's gonna be headed down there. My flight got canceled about an hour before we started recording this, so I had to rebook and get that going. We're gonna be down there. It's gonna be a great time. There's probably 15, 20,000 people going to be there, and it's going to be loud, and it's going to be a different experience for a lot of these guys. They just got to stay within themselves and play. And that's, I bet that knowing Coach Van Horn, that's what he's telling these guys right now. Look, you're not going to win a ring the, the third weekend of February. Yes, they're a top-10 team. It'll go a little way towards the RPI and how we look to, at the end of the season when the national seeds come out. But other than that, it's baseball. And, you know, the other interesting thing is their Oregon State's head coach – uh, took over in 2019 after the national yeah, championship. It's so it's like he, he doesn't even care either. We when yeah. we had like the big coaches Zoom, he was asked about it and uh, he didn't even like. I he probably doesn't even he probably knows about the foul ball, but he didn't. It wasn't a big deal to him. And no. so all he knew is he had to repeat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, in 2019. So you're when you're did your flight or was it Allegiant? I gotta ask. No, it was American, actually. Okay. We looked at the Legion out of uh, Hot Springs, but the times, they were not accommodating. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's get into uh, some more baseball, though. So uh, this matchup with Oregon State, though, like, have you did you get to watch any of Oregon State the opening weekend? Uh, I did. Balls they hit, what, 14 homers, I think? 14, and they hit uh, 351 as a team. And, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Now, Granted, the competition, mid-majors, lower end-major, you know, uh, isn't what they're going to face this weekend, of course. But Oregon State, they're, they're a tradition-rich program. They have national titles in their back pocket. So they're going to come out and hit. Uh, they're not going to really play gorilla ball, so to speak. But they're going to – it's going to be a difference this weekend in the, in the pitching that they're facing. Uh, I, I did watch, and I think – on Friday when they hit seven home runs uh, and multiple base hit uh, extra base hits, there was a lot of 85, 86 that were just left right down the middle. So they won't be seeing that much this weekend. Uh, as, as far as we're scouting, as long as we're scouting, let's talk about Oklahoma state, obviously yep. um, interesting eye popping uh, series loss to Sam Houston state uh, last weekend. You know, this is not, not exactly the same group that uh, the hog fans have, learn to love to hate right um you know Reggio Marcus Brown those guys are all have all moved on what what do you think has happened to to Josh Holiday's group is it a recruiting issue or is uh, yeah. it too early to tell probably no, I, I think it's really kind of too early to tell and they have some Arkansas flavor on their roster Charlie Carter out of Little Rock Christian uh is over there catching for them he's backup catcher this year but the Aiden Mio Miola, Aiden Miola is back this year. Lane Forsyth, who was at Michigan or uh, Mississippi State as a middle infielder, transferred over there. 
Um, and they just they're it's a little down on talent right now. They hit three home runs the first weekend against Sam Houston. Uh, Carson Bench hit 583, but other than that, it wasn't a whole lot of you know eye popping stats that just came out at you. So uh, they're just in, kind of in a down cycle right now. I think Holiday is as good of a coach he is. He's gonna get he's gonna get the most out of these guys, and I think they'll be okay. So let's let's talk about the ballpark because Globe Life Field just an incredible venue. Um, you know we love going down there. DVH has has said over and over again we're gonna go every single time they invite Absolutely. us. Yep. Um, but what's the difference? Like when you talk to players, what's the difference? Is there are there benefits? Are there you know pros cons to playing on a big field like that? So. We'll go from a hitting offensive standpoint right now and hitting. So your depth perception is messed with a little bit. Consider basketball. You go from playing in a small arena in uh, Perryville, Arkansas, to playing at Bud Walton Arena. So when you're shooting free throws, three-pointers, your depth perception is affected a little bit because the depth between the, the goal, the rim, and the crowd is vastly different. So it's a little bit different in that aspect of, okay, you still have a hitter's eye back, back there, but you have so much more back there. Take ball marker, for instance. You got the green hitter's eye, and then you got road, sky, maybe a few trees back there. Now you got signs, and you got crowd, and you got a lot of other things out there that's just kind of messing with you just a little bit. Pitching, mound difference on inside mounds is a little different because they don't have to deal with weather conditions. And it's it's small little things like that to where pitching at Baum Walker, they have to deal with the weather. Even if they get a tarp out there, that's fine. It's still affected by the weather at some point during the year. Inside mounds, they're manicured. They're well taken care of. And you may not have as big a slope to deal with. So making sure that pitchers get out there, get comfortable with the slope, their stride point, making sure there's not anything that's going to impact things like that. Uh, but other than that, it's baseball. It's still 90 feet between bases. And it, it, the ballpark plays a little bigger. Uh, we saw that last year, uh, especially when they played TCU and the balls were just finding gaps and over the fence. So uh, it plays a little bit bigger. So I wouldn't expect, you know, you may see four home runs in three games again. You mentioned the weather and the ideal conditions there. Uh, yes, that's the, the roof provides the ability to do that. But I also, you know, I was looking at the forecast in Arlington this weekend. You got highs in the 70s every day. And yet, based on my two experiences there, two of the last three years, I don't think they're going to open the roof. Do you yeah, think they should? If it's going to be warm enough? Yeah, if, if it's going to be warm enough, yes. But it, it, this will be crazy. So you, you got a game at three and a game at seven. Is that what it is for all three days? No, there's only no, yeah. I think I think it's seven, seven, and one. Is what yeah, I was talking about for every early. game. So that yeah, they have a double header. Oh, every yes, day. yes, yes. So Sorry. yeah, so, so maybe Sunday's one. like one and five, I think. Yeah, one and five. So th there may be coaches that say, okay, well, it's going to be open during the day, but closed at night. We don't want to deal with that. We want to keep it closed. I don't think there there may be some of that, but knowing how coaches think, we want the same situations. We want the same. Uh, same field for all the games that we're going to play. So maybe they'll agree upon it. Maybe they won't. But it'll be kind of cool to get down there because I've never been there when the, when it's been open, honestly. And I've been to about 10 games there. Um, I got to ask you because, okay, Robert's leaving. So, um, Good to see you, Rob. Yeah, classic. Um, but anyways, <laughs> this, this, this can just be the last question anyways. 
So last year, uh, Gage made his yeah. made his debut in this ballpark. We yeah. we we've talked about it. DVH loves to tell the story about how Gage was white as a ghost. You know, I mean, you could see it. Yeah. Have you have you talked to him at all? Is there maybe does it maybe mean a little bit more to him this weekend just because of how it went last year in this ballpark? So we we talked a little bit about it, and Gage wanted that opportunity because of how he knows it will affect him moving forward. And you could kind of see the confidence that he built after that weekend. It really wasn't a big deal. And you could see it early in this season, preseason, when he gave up a home run to Kendall and he gave up a home run to Ryder, Helfrick. And I said, hey, man, I said, you look good. I saw it on video. He said, yeah, I threw the ball where it's supposed to be. They just made good swings. So his mindset is that of an experienced veteran pitcher now. And that's what it needs to be. He's not going to have PTSD when he walks in there. That's just not who the kid is. He He's a bulldog. He's going to go out there and compete. He's going to go out there and give his chance, his team a chance to win every time he pitches now. So, uh, yeah, I think he's one of those guys. He was worthy of the stopper of the year designation from the National Collegiate Baseball Riders Association based on what he did last year as a, you know, freshman all-conference guy, freshman all-American in some publications. He's going to be that guy that bridges a lot of different starting pitchers this year, and it's going to make – it's going to be a difference in how this team plays moving forward. Yeah, I, you know, I was really impressed with Gage opening weekend. And in the – like, even in the preseason, you mentioned it, like Diggs homered off of him and Helfrick homered off of him. But it's Diggs and Helfrick. You're talking about Kendall Diggs, who – Yeah. Who, I mean, like, also was homered off of Hagen Smith and, and Ryder Malina, Helfrick. And, yeah. Ryder Helfrick, who's James McCain, 2.0. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. All right. Uh, actually, last thing here, though. So, I think on the preseason prediction, you had them going 2-1 and one this weekend. Are you yep. sticking with that? Yes. Uh, I'm, assu- I'm assuming the loss is Oregon State? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. You have, let's get a little bit more specific. How does Hagen do? You got to score. So, yeah, that's the thing. So, they're going to throw Aiden May, I'm, I'm assuming. That's their ace. And it, it's one of those things where, okay, remember the Texas game last year, opening Friday night in front of the huge crowd. Uh, Arkansas won by a run. And it's it's going to be one of those five, four, four, three type ball games into where sometimes you just don't break your way. And <laughs> God forbid there be a fall a ball fall of the Bermuda Triangle, the three Bermuda Triangles that's out behind third base, uh, second base, and first base. So I, I just see it, you know, they're, they're going to come in confident. I, th- I hope Hagen comes out there. I think – I know he's going to pitch better. He can't replicate what he did. I mean, that was just about as bad as you can get. Uh, so he's going to be calmed down a little bit. He had great success last year against Texas in that opening game. So if you talk about past performances playing into this year, that could be a, a positive going forward. I think it's just one of those things right now. They swung it better the opening weekend. They hit better with two outs, and they were better at situational hitting. That's one of the things that is a pillar of Oregon State baseball. They're going to put you in bad situations and put pressure on you, and that's what could happen this weekend. And I, I hope I'm wrong, but I could see it happening like that. Oh, I feel like I feel like if you're gonna win any game this weekend, though, it has you to gotta be. win the Oregon State game. Yeah, you, you yeah. do. And so that's that's yeah. when I that's why I think if they're gonna lose one, I don't know. I feel like the Oregon State game at least 
you have to think maybe, you know, DVH is, he's an old school guy. He's not going to like overplay this, but I have to think that maybe this one means a little bit more to him, you know, in the back of his mind, it does. And the the guys that are going to be there, he's going to have his one, a lineup in and, <laughs> It's like we, we said on Monday, just when we think we have him figure out about what he's going to do, he kind of throws us a curveball in there. So if you're looking at the lineup, the way it's going to be, I think Jared Sprague a lot moves up in the order. He needs to. Wilmsmeyer's a great uh, second leadoff down there at the nine hole that can flip the lineup around. Just need production uh, from the middle of that lineup when uh, runners get on base because, as we know, this is a lineup full of kind of middle-of-the-order hitter guys. So finding your role early where it's at, um, is going to be huge. I think somebody like Ben McLaughlin could have a really huge weekend with the way the gaps are designed at, at Globe Life Field in Arlington. There's wide gaps, and he's not a home run hitter. He's he's a gap guy that can find. He's an advanced hitter as far as you know knowing what to do with the ball in any count. So uh, those are the types of situations that could arise that could be a difference in a win or a loss. You know, I, I think Peyton Holt is a little bit like that, kind of like McLaughlin as well, where it, it just seems like he's always finding a way to put yeah, the ball in play. Yeah, find a way to get in. He, he's our money ball guy, and rightly so. He He's the spark plug that Coach Van Horn has talked about, and he played himself into a starting position this year based on what he did last year, based on what he did in the offseason. Uh, so he has the experience when, when Stovall got hurt, they moved him over to second base, which you and I had talked about it. Are they going to put JSL there? Or are they just going to slide Holt because there's a familiarity with what he did last year? So I still think those two are interchangeable there, no matter what they want to do. And they're still going to get a ton of production. Vahiva uh, Loy, I think you see a little coming out party. He put a little bit on himself last week to, you know, you're the cleanup hitter for the number two, number three team in the nation coming from a small school to the big time. And I think he felt a little bit of pressure and that's just going to kind of fade away this weekend because he's got 10, 12 at bats underneath his belt now and he can just go out there and play. And also it's not going to be 40 degrees outside. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to deal with the conditions, which I've, I've talked about that with everybody. Like guys, it was cold. It was not baseball conditions. I don't care who you are. Nobody likes playing in that crap. When yeah. it was Round Rock, what, two years ago when we were down there playing against Indiana, Stanford, and Louisiana, that was miserable. Nobody yeah. wants to be out there playing in that stuff. So, yeah, glad we're in the friendly confines. Even though the weather's going to be nice, it can be nice and 70 degrees with the dome shut. That's fine with me. All right, Cabo. I'm I'm going to let you go. Looking forward to having you back on throughout the season. For sure. Uh, we're going to do it plenty. So, uh, thanks for your time, man, and safe travels down to Arlington. You bet, buddy. Go Hogs. All right. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.